Welcome to the Real Estate Fight Club, a podcast for agents where you'll witness a battle of opinions about topics affecting your real estate business. There are many ways for agents to achieve success. The secret is to find which approach will work for you. Now, always in your corner, here are your hosts, Jen Mertland and Monica Weekly. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. What's up, Jen Mertland? Hey, Monica. How you doing today? Hey, I'm good. Hey, you know, just talking to you a little bit before we came on to the podcast, mm-hmm. I'm sensing that, I don't know, you're hangry or... I'm not angry. You're just I'm like just- game on today. I'm just on a rager. Yeah, you are. This ought to be interesting. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Real Estate Fight Club. We're so happy you're here. So happy you're listening. We just love you guys and appreciate you being here. Today, Jen and I are going to duke it out over this. What makes a realtor great in the eyes of a homeowner? So from the seller's standpoint, what makes for a great real estate agent. I think this is interesting question, Jen, because we talk a lot about what we think is a good business owner and how to conduct your business and how to be a great agent from that standpoint. But I think that the sellers see things very differently than we do. Right. Yeah, I think so. I I do. I agree with you. I think it's an interesting question and I'm like a follow-up question would be, okay, does that align with what you think makes you a great agent? Right. And do, does your processes align with that as well? Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll circle back on that at the end. <laughs> you want to go first? Let's see. Okay, sure. I'll go first and we can kind of go back and forth. Cause there are several things I think that obviously need to be in play from okay. the eyes of the, the seller. The first and foremost in my mind is the knowledge that a seller expects you to have about how to strategically position their house in the market, price, marketing, Mm -hmm. like how to find the right buyer, like that knowledge that you gain after selling a certain number of houses, Mm -hmm. um, I think is something that a seller expects. I agree with you. I, I think market knowledge and demonstrating the market Mm -hmm. knowledge, and that's, not, I mean, is that something that they teach? A, they don't teach it in real estate school. No. And that's the frustrating thing is that comes from experience. You can't gain that by being in the business. But you can look months. at data and there's ways to pull data to get the answers and you can understand what the questions are. Right. So it's like this macro market analysis and then making it, telling the story about it. And your um, listing presentation does a good job of this because I've seen yours before. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and as you just said that it popped into my brain, you're right. The right answers and the right data are out there. So when you're a new agent, in order to be seen, I think positively from a seller standpoint, you just have to do that extra homework. And maybe that's interviewing other agents. Maybe that's mm-hmm. letting your manager or your broker help you. Maybe that's, you know, doing a little extra time of that research work or whatever. It's all there. It's just when you've been in the business, as long as you and I have, we just have a little bit more of that automatically in our head from experience. But I also think like a pro tip for anybody, no matter what level you're at, is previewing the active and or pending things on the market that are in competition, because that will tell you 
And for most of us, I mean, if we've been in the business, we kind of know these houses, right? Or maybe we've been in them, yep. showed a buyer them or something like that. But like, if you haven't, or it's a new area for you, previewing those houses, because when you're going through the relevant properties and being like, have you been in this one? They're going to be like, no. And you're going to be like, well, I have. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've been know? in every single one of these. And this one that's sold for less than, well, it's because it had a cat odor in it, or this right, one had smoke odor, or yeah. it had a really chopped up funky this that you're not seeing in these right. pictures. You're right. That knowledge. And I think we've gotten out of that practice of seeing houses. Do you feel right. like that's true? Yeah, I do. I think it's true. I think previewing houses is critical for, yeah. I mean, <clears throat> at any stage because Agreed. things change, right? So like yeah. there's been parts of town that five years ago, they, you couldn't have sold a house there for a dollar. And yeah. now you're like, dang, yeah, a lot more than a dollar. <laughs> right. right, right, right. <laughs> so true. I so equated true. like market knowledge is a better way to put it. I put yeah. confidence as something and, mm -hmm. and it was confidence, not in like, Hey, I'm the best realtor in town. Look at me. Yeah, man. More like confidence. Like I can get your house sold and here's the plan that works yes. that yes. we're going to do it because there has been times when people are like, and this was before, right? Like, are you going to put in the paper or like whatever? And you're like, <laughs> yeah. look, this is the plan that works. Yes. I call that leadership. And I think confidence is also, but people want to be led. Yes. And if you show up like looking like you're looking for them to kind of help you decide on this and that and the plan and the price Bill. and all that. They're, they're, you've lost them. If yeah. you come in, like, I know exactly how to get your house sold. Here's the best part of your house. We're going to feature that. Here's right. what we need to kind of hide, you know, whatever that's leadership and people want to be led. And in the absence of leadership, they will lead. And yes. then we have the disaster on our hands. Yes. Clients are leading you. It's a problem. Well, and the problem is, is like, I think that the internet is great and it has also created a problem, right? <laughs> yeah. So like people sellers and buyers have so much knowledge about the house, the people, the transact, like everything that yeah. sometimes they get themselves wound up, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to say sometime, I love that you have your real estate license from HGTV university. I actually have mine from an accredited, like, I mean, I'm waiting to you say, don't that, say that to them. I want to. <laughs> yeah, but you don't. I can't even picture my little concierge realtor saying no, that. You're right. I might say it. I say, so when people call about like, and they're being douches or whatever. I'll be like, oh man, how long have you had your real estate license? <laughs> I love it. All right. So we have market knowledge, market knowledge, um, whether that's something you have because you've been in the business 18 years or because you just do a lot of studying and gathering data. Then we have confidence or leadership, right? But I also think part of confidence and what I was, what I was thinking too, was just like the ability to complete the job in a way that reaches their goals, right? And that right. makes sense. And you're answering questions before they're asked because you know the process and they don't know the process or maybe they've done the process. Listen, there's so many, I mean, there's agents that I've sold their houses for them, okay? And they still, they have the same questions that everybody else has. And you're like, you're an agent. You literally did this twice yesterday. And they're like, right. I know, but I'm the but it's, my like, it's my house. And it's like, yes, I get that. So it's just right. like, it's the preparation of knowing your work and getting it done. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Agreed. 
Agreed. I think also sellers are looking for, they don't know this until it goes bad, but they are looking for and expecting a high level of communication. Uh Uh-oh, boom. Communication? Uh Uh Uh-oh. Communication? (laughs) (laughs) And we say, we freaking throw that word around. That's on mine too. Like, oh, I'm a good communicate. No, 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 you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) So what are the key? That would, that's okay. Monica, as a coach, as a yeah. capital R coach, okay. what are the key ingredients for good communication? All right. I think it's a three-part process. Oh, okay. Do you know about the three-part process? I don't. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Well, the first thing is you're going to tell them what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Part two, you do it. Mm-hmm. Part three, you tell them that you did it. Uh-oh. Yeah. And, and that's part where we four, that what? is the next time we're going to communicate. Oh, I love that part four. Okay. I'll give you that bonus part, bonus part. Tell them the next step. Yeah. And I think this is really good, right? Because they don't know. Okay. So you do the listing appointment, you do your pre-listing packet. It has your marketing plan in it. You do the listing appointment, you talk about the stuff, right? And it's like, maybe one of your things is I'm going to call all the neighbors or whatever, like whatever you do, Mm -hmm. but then you never tell them that you did that. Right. So they don't know. Well, what do they assume? You didn't do it. All right. Right. So many agents get frustrated. They're like, the seller's mad at me. And I like did all this work. And I'm like, did you tell them you did it? Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. And here's the thing. Every, especially like my, I tell people your first 72 hours are critical. They are critical. And if you can solidify communication and confidence that they made the right choice in that first 72 hours, you could mess up in a month Mm -hmm. and it won't matter. Mm -hmm. And by solidifying it, I mean exactly what you said, doing the four part communication. So Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, if I told them I was going to call agents and I say, Hey, look, I literally will text or call or whatever. However we communicate. Look, I pulled a list of 42 agents. Okay. Every little step. Right. I was able to get a hold of, I called 20 of those agents. I got a hold of five. I left messages for the other Here's mm-hmm. kind of the general feedback. Cause you know, they're wanting, what do they say? Right, Are they right. people like, like think about what do they want to know based on the communication you're giving them? Right. And then like the next day. So we're like two days in, right? The next day, Hey, I finished up the list. This is kind of what we said. Are you available for a call to review this? If we need to talk about anything, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, okay, I told them everything that I did. They think that I'm working for them. Listen, for everybody, 20 phone calls is a lot. Right. They think right. you're a freaking rock star. You called 40 agents. Like, right. Wow, you're amazing. Exactly. You got to hold a 10 of them. They don't even want to call anybody. They don't want to pick up the true. phone at all. That's true. The like bar is very low for, to achieve a level of confidence through communication. They, they're not yeah. expecting some big sophisticated system right. or something. It's no. literally, I would say probably more importantly, duration, like the conversation versus any, you know, masterful it doesn't need to be complicated. And like, even so we'll do like, okay, there's a showing. I'll just talk. So I'll be like, Hey, I just talked to the agent. This is what they said about the buyer. Like whatever, you know, they want to know these things. Answering questions before they are asked is critical. You have done your job more than once. Yeah. They ask the same questions. They do ask the same questions and you know, they're going to ask it and you still don't go in there proactively and do it. Anytime some a client texts me or calls me with a question, 
And I'm like, oh, I get so pissed at myself because I knew I should have told them that either exactly at some other step or whatever. I'm like, damn it. If a client is calling you or texting you about something, it's because they've had the question for days and you haven't answered it. Yeah, right. You're bad. That's right. Okay. So they want market knowledge. They want uh, communication. They want... What was the second one? We it was like leadership, leadership, and confidence, confidence, yeah. and yeah. Pro, uh, strategy. Like what is, what else does a seller think of when they think of a great agent? I mean, those were mine that I, that they want. I mean, if they want something specific, right? Like that could be something, but I also think it depends. You have to look at the personality profile of that seller. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're going to want like slightly you're going to have to tailor what you say in a different way than if you're talking to me, than if you're talking to you, if you're talking to an engineer, right? It's just got to be a little bit different. Like if I'm talking to you, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail on what the sell, what the agent said about the buyer that's coming to show the property. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, Monica, I am so excited that this buyer is coming. They have been looking in Anderson for over a month. They haven't found anything. Your house is, fits is perfectly blah, 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 blah. I'm going to get you excited about it because that's how you are. Mm-hmm. If, for me, if you come at me like that, I'll be like, you're dumb and annoying. Get away from me. You're like, I don't care. What I don't give a fuck. Are they going to like or act like or whatever. I don't care. Okay. I just want to know that you called them, you sold my house to their agent, and then yeah. I want the feedback. And that's yeah. it. Well, and that's the fourth thing I would say that kind of rounds out this list is, and they might not know how to phrase it or even say it if they're looking for it, but I think sellers are looking to make sure that you are fighting for them. Yes. That you're oh, on their yes. side, that you're not just trying to get the sale because that's right. what everybody thinks about oh my us. my God, so. I took that for granted, but you're right. I know. Because you're but- actually representing them. When we have to demonstrate that because otherwise they don't know what's being said behind the scenes. So for instance, if we're having, if you're having a hard conversation with your client and you are arguing with them about price or something like that, it's really important that you say, just so you know, I'm having this conversation with only you. When we go, when I go back out to that agent, I'm fighting for this, but I want you to know we're having like a strategic discussion right now. Are you okay with that? You gotta let them know. But in part of that too, at when you're doing your appointment is like sitting on the same side of the table with them, leaning in, there's communication Mm -hmm. strategies that you can do in the appointment so -hmm. that they feel like that you're on their side. Mm -hmm. I've literally, have never had, I cannot say, I'm sure it's happened once or twice, but for a majority of the time, like I, I obviously am hostile in my communicating, but like no sellers are like, I feel like you're fighting with me. They know that I am on their side. And why do, how do they know that? You know what I mean? Like, how do you as an agent demonstrate that? Right. But if you do not have your language around that, it will, if you are arguing with them on price, they are assuming that you are against them. Yep. That you are trying to just get your paycheck and yep. get the hell out of there. Commission and breath. So I think that's part of the communication. Yeah. Commission breath communication, which is, look, I want to have a discussion with you. I want you to know no matter what, when I'm talking to that other agent or any other buyer, I'm fighting for whatever it is yeah. that we decide we're fighting for. So yeah. I don't want you to think that. And I, you almost have to punch him in the face with that. I think. Well, and I think too, when you use like, I, I prefer to use language like we and us yes. because then it's like me and them are on the same side and we're yes. against them. Like 
I, you're right. I wish we'd get a million dollars for this house. Like it's totally worth it. All this work and yeah. that you guys have put into it, but here's what they're going to see. Mm-hmm. They're not going to see the work that we did. They're not going to see, you know what I mean? And start when you use that language, you're automatically on their side. This is some NLP stuff. We should do it like is. an NLP. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. I just did. I walked through a house uh, yesterday about two months ago. I went through the house and we talked about things that they needed to do and they weren't in a big hurry. And yesterday they called me back. These freaking people did every single thing and they held the had the house looking like it was ready for showings tomorrow because they wanted me to see that I understood. You know, they wanted me to see that they understood how to position the house. That's awesome. And all I kept saying is, you guys are incredible partners in this process. That's you guys great. have been incredible partners. And that's yes. what you want that to feel like. Yeah. And it's always, it takes a team, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Shall we go back to our corner? Yeah. Let me take a little. Let break. us take a short break. <laughs> when we return, we'll have the final punches. And are we going to hear from our partners? Yeah, we'll hear from them. Let's do it. Let's do it. I have always had a coach and sometimes even two or three at the same time. But a couple of months ago, I was feeling stuck. Like I felt unmotivated or burnt out or something. It just wasn't right. And I knew that I needed to find a coach. So I started my search. I went all over the internet. I went to all the Facebook groups. I asked all my friends who they used. And I finally found John Kitchens. And since working with him, I have gotten my mojo back. He holds me accountable. He keeps me focused. He drives results. And I am excited to announce that he's stepped up and partnered with us on this podcast. So if you're looking to get your mojo back, head over to coachkitchens.com. Click on book a call and use code fight club to get a free business assessment. Hi guys, it's Monica Weekly, the founder of ghostposter.com. Hey, have you ever wondered what should I post today? I know I need to post on Facebook about real estate. I just don't know what to post. If you've ever thought about that, ghostposter.com solves that for you. Fresh new ideas in your email every day and a library of hundreds of real estate related posts that'll help you earn more referrals, save time, brand yourself, get great engagement and eliminate all the stress. Go to ghostposter.com, use code Fight Club to get $50 off your annual membership. That's G-H-O-S-T-P-O-S-T-R.com. Welcome back. Let's get back into inside the ring to the battle, which isn't really a battle, but I think we're throwing down some good stuff to think about. Today, we're talking about our jobs from the perspective of our clients. And I just think too often we talk about, oh, a good realtor is one that has, you know, maybe it's systems or does all this lead gen or whatever. That is great. And that is true. That is true. That is true. But we cannot lose sight of the fact that these people buy and sell houses once every freaking eight years. And what? Yeah, now it's like 10. I know, which is pissing me Ew, off. Bad for business. Well, maybe they're buying investment properties. Well, let's hope for that. Or, or it doesn't matter. As long as they're referring people, it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, Monica, too, we started off talking about, okay, now I want to I want to look at, do how do you demonstrate those values? Do your processes align with that? Mm-hmm. So the easiest one here is communication. Yep. So what is your communication plan with people? Yeah, I think that's something to think about. Mine, of course, starts with buyer consult, or uh, I guess in this case, if we're talking about sellers, starts with the listing presentation and you showing up like a leader, communicating to them what you do, consulting with them, asking questions. That's all part of the communication thing. But 
most importantly is that meeting must demonstrate that you know what you're doing, yep. that you will lead them to it, and that you will communicate with them at a mm-hmm. high level. Bam, bam. And then you got to execute on it. It's just kind of that easy, I guess. Easy and hard, right? <laughs> and listen, I can tell you many clients where I did not show up as my best communicator self. I Boo, mean, you just why? have you have those though, you know, where you're like you have people where you don't get along, or like yeah. sometimes like they things go bad, and then you're like, oh, I see you now. <laughs> see who you are. I see you. Yeah, right. Like, oh, you crazy. <laughs> I'm just trying to get out of here now. That's why I'm like a pro fan of short contracts because it's because sellers are insane. Yeah, 90 days. I mean, I might even do 30 days these days. I might do 30. Yeah, it depends on the average days on market for sure. But Since people like it when we fight, though. I, I'll, I want to, I'll fight you on one thing you said earlier. Okay, just great. since people want to hear us fight. Let's hear it. I've never sat on the same side as the table as the client. That's dumb. You're doing it wrong. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No. Monica. Listen, I want to be in a position of leadership. The leader doesn't sit down next to the person. You're at a table, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's like maybe a six person table. Yeah. Where are you sitting? I'm sitting at the head of the table. Okay. Yeah. Sit at the head of the table and they sit on the side. Yeah. Now you have a uh, two, two spouses. Yeah. Okay. Where do you sit? Head of the table. And they're on either side. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Why not? Because who are you giving the papers to first? It who are you matter. showing first? This is wrong. They need to be on the same side. You can be at the head. They need to be on the same side. If you only have one party, you can be at the head or on the same side, but you cannot be across. I am. If you're across, you're already lost. If they didn't offer you water, say, you lost. Yeah, I should say not across. I think you're probably right. I am in a I'm position. Sorry, I'm, I'm in the that? head of the. <laughs> what, what I pictured is the people that sit next to each other at dinner, like on the same side of the booth. When you said that, that's what I was picturing. But it's not a booth. It's a kitchen table. I know, but I'm not sitting on the same side as somebody. I am going to. But you can. I think it depends on the person. So it can depend on the person. I think you got to read the room, man. And I'm a a people person. If you sit down next to me, I'm like "Mm, eh, a little uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Can you sit over there, please? Can you sit across the table? I'm sitting across from people is the kiss of death. Cause then it creates an adversarial. You're already against them. It's me versus you. Mm, mm, uh, mm, I don't think anyone walks away from my listing appointment that thinks that I've been adversarial. You also said you're not across from them. Correct. Sometimes I like, I'm thinking back through, like, where do I sit? If it's just one-on-one, I think I sit catty corner to them but not on the same side. Like it depends on how the table's set up. I'm uh-huh. just saying, do not sit across from them. That is the thing. Do okay. not sit across. And is that from some training, like some Mike Ferry Probably or Mike Ferry. Type, type stuff? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it multiple times. Like yeah. it's just a. Strategy. I make them sit and then I stand up at a podium. Oh. <laughs> Attention. 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 I have a you presentation. Bring your own mic. Please listen. <laughs> listen up. All eyes on me. All eyes on oh me. <laughs> I'm just wrong kidding. with you. No, but there used to be like, if they give you a glass of water, if they offer you a glass of water, you've got the deal. If they don't, you don't have the deal. That's I, I, I believe to do. that. 
And then there was a thing about the pets too. Like the pets you, like you? Well, you got to pet the pets. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. There's some people that are afraid of pets. I know, but you got to pet the pets. You got to pet the dog. And you got to talk to the, the three-year-old. Oh, you gotta, God. You got you to gotta, you gotta be like, what's up, buddy? What's your name? <gasps> Look at your cute outfit. Whatever. <laughs> I know you don't. My God. No, I do. Kids like me for some reason, probably because I hate them. <laughs> it's the old uh, story that, you know, every cat, the first person they go to is in the room is the person that doesn't like cats. They just know. Yeah. Cats are, I don't like cats. And that's what they, they're like all up in my grill and cats are, like they don't cats. care. You can throw, no, I don't like cats. You can like throw them off and they just like come back. Come back. You know, it surprises me. You don't like cats because I think you would respect the cat because no, you're I hate all about everything. The cat. They don't mind. <laughs> Neither do you. I know. <laughs> That's why I think you are actually a cat. No, I'm definitely. I'm, if I'm, I'm a cat, a, I'm a big cat. If we, if you and I had to be pets, I would definitely be like the golden retriever and you are the cat, the outdoor cat. I'm an outdoor cat. I'd be a Vancouver <laughs> or a tiger. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. All I right. think we've digressed. It's time. I think it's going to have to be the end of today's battle. What do you think? We did. Did you have anything to add, Jen? Because I know we. I don't think it. so. I think that's pretty good. I think, like, as the listener, really think about why, what the expectation is from the homeowner when they choose you, yeah. and is what you're doing, what you do as a process, really hit home for them in that mm -hmm. or something. I don't, maybe I'm not saying that right. No, I get it. it. It's about, it's about putting yourself in their shoes and just remembering they don't do this every day. And all of the things that we forget about sometimes I think, cause we're cranking through, you know, 10, hundreds 20, 30, of deals. Deals, hundreds oh, of deals a month. Million. I mean, a week, I mean, a year. <laughs> All right. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do us a favor and share it with somebody and subscribe and like, and we're so happy you joined us today. And um, sharing is caring, Monica. Sharing is caring. Exactly. And if you have any interest in either being a guest or you're curious about EXP, feel free to give us a call. 513-400-1691. Monica, I hope you have a great day. Hey, Jen, I hope you do too. And I hope that you find peace and joy in your day. <laughs> I hope I find a margarita. <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> see ya. All right, see ya. All right, welcome to this tiebreaker of Real Estate Fight Club. I have with me here today, Leah Joes. Hey, Leah. Hey, thanks for having me, Jen. Yeah, I'm glad you could come on. You've, you've been on before, right? Maybe I've asked you I'm a like, times. I think that I've maybe yes. said like, no, there's probably somebody better to talk to. <laughs> this is a great one for you. So Leah does real estate in Cincinnati at Keller Williams, and you are the tiebreaker for this question. In the eyes of a homeowner, what makes a great realtor? But let's give them some context first. Do you... You seem very, you're a very prepared person. Would you? I'm so ready for this. Like, <laughs> this is such a good question for me because I am a realtor, right? And right. I, I'm not on average, I do 25 to 35 deals a year. So I have a little bit of experience, right. um, but I've only been in real estate a couple of years. So coming to this question, it's like, I had an idea of what makes a great realtor. It's what drives me. Right. So right. 
I make sure I have a super polished listing presentation when I come into someone's home. I'm ready to handle their objections and answer their questions. I am I've got that plan right. for marketing. Like I am gonna hit up social media. I am door knocking. I am gonna contact my network of agents. You know, like right. I have this really strong idea of what makes a great agent. Like I'm gonna right. be such a tough negotiator. We are gonna get you things. We are gonna do this like top dollar. Right. And as it turns out, <laughs> shocking, shocker, just shocker right. of all shockers. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert not what makes a great agent important, like very important. But I have to tell you the experience of being a seller and having my own home sold by a great agent, which I don't, have you mentioned that you're the one that sold my house? (laughs) We did now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What makes a great agent is not those things. The number one thing that made you a great agent for me was your communication. And it was top to bottom, your communication. So when someone was looking at my home, you were contacting the agent, finding out the buyer's story, and then contacting me to tell me about the buyer. And it set my expectations. Mm -hmm. If it was somebody's first time going out to look at a house, I knew that eh, probably not our buyer. But if it was someone who was really interested in our town and cared about the school district and wanted the walkability, then I thought, okay, could be my buyer. Like it really helped set the tone. It's interesting because what I hear you saying is, Now, it seems like your perspective is what makes you a great realtor is being on the same like side as your client. Like what does my client want to know? How can I answer that? And they already know and trust that I'm a great agent, right? Like that Mm -hmm. you're going, you're going to negotiate strong, that you're going to do the things that they assume that you're doing. Like no seller doesn't think that that most agents like I'm not hiring somebody who's like, eh, like you're fine. It's gonna be fine. <laughs> well, and most sellers think that our job includes like all the marketing stuff and all the door knocking. And even though a ton of agents don't do that as part of our they process, they, they already they assume that you do, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing was like I felt like I had an advocate on my side the whole time. So like you know, Jen was so great about not only the daily communication, but when it came to inspections and repairs, like helping get vendors and trade people to get the repairs done. It's like, I have my list of people, but you had your list of people and that really helped me and it helped the process. And you stayed on top of me with, you know, when is this getting done? Why does it need to be done? Like, let's make sure let's follow up and get the invoices. But then also, you know, selling stressful and it's so crazy to me. I, cause you were team Monica before when we did that. Um, yes. If you sell your own or be, I totally thought like, listen, I am not emotional. I am divorced from this process. This is going to be easy peasy. And it's not, it's stressful. And I had you there for feedback. You were calming. You also checked me when I needed to be checked. And like, that's a, 
you need somebody who is in your corner and is keeping consistent, you know. I agree with you too, because I don't, I don't um, represent myself when I buy and sell properties and I do even as an investor. So I'm buying an investment property. It's still emotional because it's my money, right? Right. Exactly what you're saying. When Alan represents me as my realtor, that you're right. I already know that he is a good agent, like a great, fabulous agent. Like I already, that's the minimum, right? But it is the communication that is like key. Like answer my questions before they're asked. Don't, if I'm coming to you with a question, it means I'm already pissed off. You haven't. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) 1000%. Yeah. And I also think because I'm in this work, I've seen some crazy stuff. Like, you know, all the different ways things can go south. And so I found myself anticipating all the things that could go wrong in the process. So having you there to be calming, Mm -hmm. to, you know, really give me kind of the next steps. And even though I knew what they were, hearing them from you was reassuring. You can imagine like as a client, they don't know this business. Mm -mm. So being, you're saying being calming, which you are to your clients. I'm confident that you're telling them the next steps you're communicating. What, what do you think that most agents don't do, and maybe you don't do it, that now you will be doing it as realizing that communication is like the main thing. I think people get something under contract and then it's like, okay, we'll see at the closing table. Like, I don't, I don't actually think agents are in good, constant communication with their clients. And I, I, that is something I pride myself on. It's very important to me that people know, like, it's not just a handoff. You're not just going to the title company and dealing with your lender and buy, see you later. Yeah. Like I, I'm checking in, even if I have right. nothing to tell you, right. just, just checking in, in. Hey, what's, how's <laughs> packing going? you yeah. know, like whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> well, here's the thing that I know. And are you checking in verbally or over text or over email? I, so not email, um, email, I leave for my transaction coordinator because yeah. she handles that. Um, I think it's really critical that they hear my voice. I think that there is a calming sense. So if it's something minor, of course I'll text, but I do think yeah. that weekly phone call At is least. critical. It depends on the client, right? Yeah. Sure. Sometimes a week is like a year. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes an hour is like a week. <laughs> so, but yeah. Hold on. You mean like when we're talking every day? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Every day. Yes, yeah, so when you have a high anxiety seller, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Every day. <laughs> text every night, like, good morning. It's like when you get a new boyfriend. Good morning. Good night. It's <laughs> so funny. So, yeah, no, I think that's really good. I think it's inter- it was interesting to watch your experience as a seller. Mm-hmm. compared to like you as an agent. It's so funny because I knew it. Like that's that's how I am as a buyer. Like when I buy these properties or sell these properties, I'm an insane person. Like my anxiety level is so high. I'm super anxious, super insane. And I've done it a million times. Like right. even that it doesn't matter. Times. It doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter. And I almost think we know so much that we're dangerous. So you need that person that's like, take a breath. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Leah, if somebody has a referral for you in Cincinnati, what's the best way to get a hold of you? 
Yeah, just shoot me a text or give me a call, 513-407-5901. I'm happy to take care of you. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on. Great. Thanks so much, Jen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Fight Club podcast. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you get updates when new episodes are available. And we truly love feedback and would appreciate all likes, reviews, and suggestions for future topics.